Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go! If you have a Bible today, we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 21. I know starting out with the Old Testament. Most of the time we've been in the New Testament the last few weeks, but... Uh, fun fact, our, uh, our oldest son, Kellen, his middle name can be found in 2 Samuel chapter 23, if you, if you just want to look that up one day. But anyways, so while you're turning there, I'm going to pray again. Lord, thank you so much for this morning. God, you're so good. Thank you for um, what you've done through the worship. I thank you uh, for what you're about to speak to us through the word, Lord. Not that I'm anybody, Lord, but Father God, it's your word. It's your word that I'm echoing. Lord, it's your word that we're reading. And you told the disciples and you tell us, you told them in John 15 that it's by your words that we are purified. So we receive the purification that you're going to do in our hearts, in our minds, in our physical bodies. Uh, Everywhere the blood flows, I thank you for the purification process says flowing and running right now, driving out all infirmities, all pain, all sickness, all disease. Lord, I thank you for your purification process flowing through us spiritually, Lord, driving out anything and everything, Lord, that tries to stifle the seed that you planted, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the burning, the burning that you are continuing to do uh, on the seed, Father God, sparking germination within us, Lord, sparking spiritual germination, causing us to come to being causing us to fulfill our purpose, Lord. Let the words of my heart and the meditation of my mouth, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name, everybody said, A to the man. So I I fully believe the the Lord put this in my heart, but we are living in certain times. You know, we are living in certain times. You know, uh, it's, it's easy to look at um, it's easy to look at everything that's going on, but and, and and give it the label of crazy times. You know, a lot of it's easy to for us to say, you know, hey, it's the it's the end times, it's the last days, all these different things. But I fully believe the Lord put this in my heart, this hopeful word that we are living in certain times. You know, life is made up. Life is made up of moments. Life is made up of events and response responses. Uh, actions and reactions. That's what. That's all life is made up of. An event happens, we react to it. An action happens, we react to it. An event happens, and we respond to it. That's what life is made up of. It is made up of um, events and responses. But we as human beings, we as human beings, we living on this blue rock we call Earth, um, all the things that are taking place, all the different events that are currently taking place, COVID-19 and the Delta variant. Uh, we see that the rise in unemployment, we see that there are shortages on the most common things everywhere. Uh, I felt like for the last two weeks, I went to Walmart looking for oat milk. Um, I'll be honest, before I moved here, never heard of oat milk, never really gave me much time of day. But, you know, I love, I love certain people. So, you know, if they ask me to get oat milk, you know, I look for oat milk. And uh, I'm like, come on, Walmart, you got one job. I don't care about all the other stuff. Just give me the oat milk, okay? I've been sent here on a mission, and you are failing. Um, but, you know, like even though besides the oat milk, the more common stuff, you know, even the more common stuff that we see in grocery stores and not just grocery stores, but if you try to buy uh, certain items online, there's always a shortage or limited supply uh, for various different reasons. But we're living we, these are the type of events that we are facing. So not only that, but we're facing bold face racism. We are facing the erasing of certain elements in American history. We're, we are facing people get into fights over wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. Like I remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, there, was, um, there was something that happened in, 
Chattanooga, Tennessee. Happened in Chattanooga, Tennessee, because I ended up messaging Nick about it, because I was like, hey, yo, what, what's going on down your street? Is this, <laughs> like, you better watch out. But I'm, there, it made the news of a school board uh, meeting, parents uh, fighting the teachers because the teachers were implementing wearing a mask. Now, listen, I, uh, as myself, as a minister, I'm not advocating for you to wear a mask or for you to not wear a mask. I'm not putting the Holy Bible up to your head and saying you need to wear it or you don't need to wear it. I, politically, I don't stand on either side. I stand on the side of the kingdom. I stand on the side of Jesus. I stand on the side of advancing God's kingdom. At the same time, I love my life. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my family. Um, so therefore, we do wear a mask when we go into the store. You have your liberty to do whatever you want to do, but we wear a mask. At the end of the day, we all these different events that are happening in our world should not cause us to doubt who God said he is. But unfortunately, they do. Unfortunately, we live in a world where um, all these different things cause us to doubt, cause us to question. I mean, even the event of Afghanistan, Russia, and China in talks of becoming an alliance. Even that can spark fear. I remember the first time I seen that on the news, I was like, oh, God, like these are scary times. But we are not living in scary times because we who are Jesus followers, we are living in certain times. Amen. So. God says something very powerful. I want, to share, I want to share a story in the Bible found in 1 Samuel chapter 21. We'll start there. 1 Samuel chapter 21, he, he talks about these certain times through the life of David. Now, in verse 12 through 15, I'm going to read it in the message. But uh, before I read it, let, let me give you some context. So understand this. David has, he has fought this battle. and He's on the run. Uh, he's, he's running for his life from Saul. And not only is he running from his life from Saul, but he has other enemies as well. He's stopped in this one town, and he's out of food. He's famished. Um, the very first sermon I actually preached, we read from the scripture, but we read the, pre we read the earlier verses. But he's, he's run to the tabernacle, and he doesn't have anything to eat. And he asks the priest, do you have some bread? And the priest says, um, the priest says hey, uh, uh, you know, all we have is the bread of presents. Um, and at the same time, the, you know, the priest says, hey, the bread of presence isn't, you can't eat that. So in the middle of that, um, David ends up, David ends up, uh, the, the priest allows David to eat the bread of presence. So that's where we're at in this story. So uh, verse 12 in the message says, when David realized that he had been recognized, he panicked, fearing the worst from uh, the king of Gath. So right there, while they were looking at him, he pretended to go crazy. All right, David pretended to go crazy. He realized the enemy is looking at him, and the best thing he could do, this, now remember, this is the same King David that slayed the giant with the slingshot and then, you know, cut off his head, you know, all these different things. This is why I couldn't have been David. Because, see, you have to be able to humble yourself in order to take this next route that he's about to go. You know, if, I, if Lindsay was David, if Lindsay was back then, Lindsay done slayed Goliath, you know, all that different things. You know, I see another enemy. I ain't going to pretend to go cry. I'm like, what the, let's go. Let's go. Do, do you not know what I've done? Do you, do you remember Goliath? He is no more. That was, that was your boy. All right, clear the way and let me through. But no, David decides to pretend to go crazy. He pretends to go crazy by pounding his head on the city gate and foaming at the mouth, spit dripping from his beard. The king look, took one look at him and said to his servants, can't you see he's crazy? Why did you let him in here? Don't you think I have enough crazy people to put up with you as it is without adding another? Get them out of here. So the king lets them go. So let's look at the next verse, or in the next chapter, the next verse. So right after that moment, so David got away and escaped to the cave 
Uh, when his brothers and others associated with his family heard where he was, they came down and joined him. Not only that, but all who were down on their luck. Let, well, pay, pay attention. This is really powerful. Um, not only that, but all who were down on their luck came around, losers and vagrants and misfits of all sorts. David became their leader. They were about 400 in all. Now, now the, the, uh, the verse 3 and 4 doesn't tell this, but David begins to speak. He gives a speech to this group of misfits, to this group of losers, to this group of people that don't fit into society, people that are owed debt, people that, are, uh, that have uh, limbs missing, people that are lame. And there's something that he begins to say to them. You're going to recognize it. He says this in Psalms chapter 34. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. I'll be in the Passion Translation. But if you don't, we'll put up on the screen. But the next thing that David says is, is found in Psalms 34, verses 1 through 8. He says, Lord, he tells this to the people, to the people 400. He says, Lord, I'm bursting with joy over what you've done for me. My lips are full of perpetual praise. I'm boasting of you and all your words. So let all who are discouraged take heart. Join me, everyone. Let's praise the Lord together. Let's make him famous. Let's make his name glorious to all. Listen to my testimony. I cried to God in my distress, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Gaze upon him. I love that. I love that phrase right there. Gaze upon him. Join your life with his, and joy will come. Your faces will glisten with glory. You'll never wear that shame face again. When I had nothing desperate and defeated, I cried out to the Lord, and he heard me, bringing his miracle deliverance when I needed it most. Verse 7 and 8. Here's the last bit. The angel of Yahweh stooped down to listen as I prayed, encircling me empowering me and showing me how to escape. He will do this for everyone who fears God. Drink deeply of the pleasures of this God. Other translations say, oh, taste and see that the, ah, there you go. Drink deeply of the pleasures of this God. Experience for yourself the joyous mercies he gives to all who turn to hide themselves in him. Somebody say, we're living in certain times. See, that the word certain, it, it's defined by many definitions, but two of them are known or proven to be true. Certain means known or proven to be true, and certain also means inevitable. So when I say we are living in certain times, we are, li we are living in times that are known and proven to be true, and we are living in inevitable times. There's three things that are certain if you're following Jesus. All right, if you're taking notes, these are the three points, but if not, if you have the greatest memory, then here you go right here. But as following, as we follow Jesus, there are three things that are certain. You know, growing up in the hip-hop world, they always said, you know, the only thing that's certain is death and taxes. But as following Jesus, all right, following Jesus, three things that are certain. Number one, we are certain that as misfits, we will have opportunities to inspire and encourage other misfits to make Jesus their Lord and Savior. Number one, one thing that's certain in following Jesus is as misfits, we will have the opportunity, not the problem. We will have the opportunity to encourage and lead other misfits to surrender their life to Jesus. David, who doesn't fit in the system, he's the one king that the moment that he's crowned king, he goes back to picking up the sheep poo. You know, we don't, you know, when the, when, when, uh, when whoever is inaugurated as president, we don't see them, you know, all right, let me go clean the bathrooms. You know, King David is the only person we, that we know of that we see in history. The moment that he is crowned king, he goes back out into the heat, into the sweat, sweating, heat, uh, the bears, lions, tigers, oh my, he's facing all these animals, protecting his sheep. He goes back to work. 
not just not just little computer typing. That's work. Yes, I get it. I used to do that at one point in my life, but that's nothing compared to picking up sheep poop. All right. King David is the only one, and still he's crowned king, and he gets the opportunity after he escapes, after he escapes the enemy, he has the opportunity, he has all these misfits gather around him in a cave, and what does he do? He doesn't boast on himself, he doesn't brag on himself. Psalms 34, 1-8 said that he began to praise and instruct and, and inspire them to make, G, make the Lord their God. Amen. So everything that Jesus has done for you is the perfect meal for you to serve to others. Everything that, Lindsay, well, are you sure everything? Everything. Well, what about this? If he did it, that's part, that's part of the meal. That's part of the entree. All right. That's the, it could be the dessert or the appetizer, but at the end of the day, it's part of the whole meal. You know, uh, I, remember, <clears throat> I remember right before we left Florida, um, some, some guys we went to church with, they took, uh, they took me out to this Korean barbecue restaurant. Now, I have my doubts. I have my doubts because, uh, you know, the price, the price of it, I was like, whoo. I mean, if, this, if we're going to go out, I'd like to have a little money to get back home, you know, the, looking at this stuff, because it was over in Orlando, <clears throat> and the Lord put it on uh, one of the guys' heart. I didn't say anything to him. He's like, man, I got you. I got you. I'm going to take care of you. I was like, uh, okay. Uh, you, you saw the price, too, so okay. Ain't no take back, you, you know, because most of the time when people says, I got you, you say, no, I, it's okay. I got it. You, you do the dance, because that's what you're supposed to do. I got No, I got it. Okay. okay, if you got it. But this point, I was like, you said it. We ain't doing the dance. Ain't no take backsies. All right, so I remember we go, and I look, and I, I notice there's, uh, there's no appetizers. I was like, man, what, what kind of restaurant is this? Ain't no appetizer. Paying this much, it better be an appetizer or something. So um, they begin to explain how it works. So what they did, uh, every table had, like, its own skillet in the middle. And I was like, hey, what, what's that for? And uh, they're laughing at me. They're like, Lindsay, man, you are so different. And uh, I said, you, you're going to cook your food? I said, oh, I'm going to cook my food? And uh, they said, yeah, what's wrong? I said, well, cut the price in half. I said, if I got to cook it, I said, I'm just paying for you to bring me the raw materials and you clean it. I'm cooking it. So, you know, give me a tip, all right? So after they get done laughing, you know, the, the, uh, they take our order for our drinks, of course. I'm like, let me get a water because I drink a lot. That's probably where Keenan gets it from. I don't know. But I drink a lot, so I'd rather drink water than four or five cups of soda. <clears throat> so they bring the meal out, and, or they, they bring the drinks out, and then... Um, they, uh, then they, they, the menu, you look online, they, you know, they're high, at, high tech, so you look online for the menu, you tell them what you want. Now, whatever you order, that's, that's all you can order, but they will bring it until you tell them to stop. They'll just keep bringing it round after round after round. So I'm like, okay, okay, I get this. And uh, as they're bringing, they bring one load, I'm like, okay, okay, that's cool, that's cool. Bring another round, another round, another round, until finally I had to tell them to stop. But when it comes time to pay, I paid, you only paid that base price because no matter how much they brought, it was all included into one. No matter what Jesus does, past, present, or future, it's all included into one. And that is the perfect meal for you to serve to others. Proof of it is in verse 4, David said to the collective, he said to the group, listen to my testimony. I cried to God in my distress, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. In verse 5, he even said, gaze upon him, join your life with his, and joy will come. Your faces will glisten with glory. You'll never wear that shame face again. Amen. So David said the moment that we join our lives with God, we have no reason to be shamed. Amen. Enough said. Say less. Let that marinate. 
Because if you have made the decision to join your life with Jesus, if you have made the decision to make him Lord of your life, then by scripture alone, by what he did at the cross, you have no reason to be ashamed of yourself. Isn't it interesting how when the devil attacks us, he loves to what? Critique us. Make us feel embarrassed of ourselves. Make us feel ashamed. Make us feel like we can't do something. Why? Because the opposite of what he says is always true. Listen, every time the devil attacks, every time you begin to hear those lies or begin to, or, uh, begin to feel those things, those, those words that he's saying, you need to understand the opposite of that is true. Amen. So if he's saying that you can't do something, you know what that means? Mm. So you already know. Dre, quit looking at me. I love how David started with the why before the what. He started with the why before the what. I learned this. This is a business move. But in business, if you want, uh, in, order to, in order to gain traction, in order to gain people to understand you better, you start with the why before the what. You know, hey, are you hungry? Have you eaten uh, in a while? You haven't? Well, guess what? Here at McDonald's, we have the quarter pounder meal, da 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 See, I started with the why. You know, why? Well, before I just said, if I would have just went out and said, hey, McDonald's, we had the da da da, you'd be like, ah, McDonald's. Yeah. But hey, are you hungry? Well, you know, I could be hungry. Have you eaten in a while? Well, I haven't eaten in a while. Well, here's a burger. That got me, but you know what? I am hungry. Kind of McDonald's kind of sound kind of good. You know, in business, you start with the why before the what in order to get people to understand you better, not just in business, but in ministry as well. When it comes to people understanding who Jesus is, because we live in a world where people already have so many wrong preconceived notions about church. And it's not that church is the villain, because at the same time, our, our wrong tactics have, it's been gasoline to people having the wrong narratives about us. But at the end of the day, we have to start with the why before the what. We have to start with, and not just focus on getting people to come to church, but we have to say, hey, do you know who Jesus is? And see, what do they know about Jesus? Not because we're trying to do a 50-question quiz, not because we're trying to question our theology, but we want to make sure, hey, do you really know who Jesus is? Because he is someone that could change your life. Oh, you don't you don't have that under, you don't have that picture of him. Let, here, let me paint. Let me show you. Let me paint the picture for you. Let me paint the real, the true picture. What the Word of God says. Wow, I never knew that about Jesus. Why don't you come experience it with me tomorrow? Okay. The why before the what? I love how David started with the why before the what. So many times we want people to come to church and then find out why Jesus is good. So many times we want people to come to Bible study and then find out that he's a healer. Then find out that he will make a way. But at the end of the day, it's the goodness of God that draws all men to himself. And he has chosen his people to reflect and shine with his goodness. But we can't do that if we are out here being rude or selfish or my church and no one else or, or my money and nobody else or traditions or busts. If we are not adding to the kingdom of God, we said this months ago, if we're not adding to the kingdom of God, what are we doing? What are we doing? If... Uh, the best way to understand that, 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 that bar, if we're not adding to the kingdom of God, what are we doing? It's, it's like looking at me as a father. I have three boys. Hallelujah. God is great. But if I'm not feeding them, if I'm not bathing them, and Dre, Dre is giving them baths. She can tell you it's a, it's a war. It's, it's a, you got you to gotta set, set aside a day, and then it takes a day to recover. All right? And that's just two. Wait till we get three. All up in the bathtub. No, I'm joking. 
But if, as a father, if I'm not feeding them, if I'm not clothing them, if I'm not bathing them, if I'm not uh, preparing things for them, if I'm just letting them run wild, run amok, stinking, all this other stuff, you would say, well, Lindsay, as a dad, what you doing? Get your, Lindsay, get yourself together. Why? Because my job and my responsibility is to take care of them the best way I can. Using the, using the resources that God has given me through people or through whatever, through jobs, through assistance, whatever it is. Our one job as Jesus followers is to add to the kingdom of God. He said, go into the world. What is the world? The door, the outside these double doors, outside, the, outside your front door of your home. You, uh, the, uh, internally, when I was thinking about that, I debated with myself, well, no, the world is online as well. No. Simply because online you can filter what you see. See, see, I don't know about you, but, you know, the 2% the pettiness in me, if I don't want to see somebody on Facebook, I can just unfollow. And I never see their posts. And I'm like, oh, my life is so great. Ah. You know, if I want to see certain news, if I don't want to see all the stuff that's going on overseas, I can click on Sports Center and focus on baseball or basketball or football. See, online we can filter things, but when you open that front door, you can't filter nothing. What you see is what you get. When you go into Walmart, who you see is who you get. So number two, another thing that we are certain of as Jesus followers, we are certain that the pulse of this world will grow worse. Now, this is the part that nobody likes to hear. This is the part that nobody likes to talk about. This is the part where, like, Lindsay, just, just speed through it so we get to the good part. No, 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 no. As Jesus followers, he told us that, the pulse of this world will grow worse. I don't know why people fight over masks. I really don't. We, was, we took the boys to the fair Thursday night, and we had our mask on, and we debated because we're like, everybody's not going to have masks. Lindsay, why don't we just, you know, at the end of the day, we got baby Cohen. Let's just put on a mask just because at the end of the day, I'd rather, us, I'd rather us sweat and come home safe versus, woo, be free, and next you know, I got to take a baby to Jackson General. Like, I, I wouldn't be able, it, it would be a different story. So I said, you know what, I'm going to sweat in order to be safe. So, you know, we got the mask on. The boys are all, we're still having a good time. We're not judging anybody that don't have a mask. It's just, hey, is what it is. And I remember as we walked past one ride, you know, an older gentleman, he's like, he looks at me, I ain't scared of the COVID. And I'm like, I'm like, I just keep my mask on, got my mask. I'm like, all right, Lord, take care of this flesh. Take care of this flesh. We walk on, it's like, take care of this flesh, because he don't know me, Jesus. Inside, I'm like, oh, oh, oh. He don't. He don't. I stay. Ooh, I stay ready. These boys about to see their daddy. About to see what their daddy can do. But on the outside, I'm like, just take care of this flesh, Jesus. Take care of this flesh. Take care of this flesh. Take care of this flesh. Take care. I, I said it probably for a couple of minutes. I remember Kelsey's talking to me under my breath. I'm like, Lord, take care of this flesh. Because I'm watching where he go. I'm like, oh, he over there. He over there. We're going to cross paths. I got something for you, buddy. The five-fold knuckle shuffle. I mean, my heart's saved, but my hands ain't, you know what I'm saying, all these different things. I was ready, but I'm like, Lord, take care of the flesh, take care of the flesh. I don't know why people fight over masks. I don't. I don't know why people fight over a vaccine, or I don't know why people fight over um, all these different things. I, like I said earlier, I'm not here to promote either side of the issue. I promote Colossians 3, 1 and 2, which is heavenly realities for us to solely and only focus on heavenly things. Paul said, focus on the heavenly things. Why? Because it's when you focus on the heavenly things, you will continue to focus and stay committed and stay true to what God has promised you to. Amen. You know, if I uh, uh, when we ask Kellen and Keenan to work on homework, you know, if, uh, they're like they're like me at this point. I can't 
I, I could never work on homework and watch TV at the same time. Mom always had to turn the TV off in order for me to focus on the homework. I noticed Kellen, if, if the TV's on, Kellen's, you know, look at the TV, I gotta turn it off. And the same goes for us, if we are gonna hold on to our faith, there are certain things that we have to turn off. There are certain distractions we have to remove from our life. So at the end of the day, that's where I promote. I promote thinking solely on the heavenly realities and then filtering my life through that. But the book of Daniel and Revelations, they warn us of deadly plagues like COVID-19. They already warned us of that. And more to follow. So, Lindsay, why do you say that? Well, not only do I say that, but Paul told us that men will become lovers of themselves and people will turn away from the faith to follow ear-tickling doctrine. So I say that because at the end of the day, what's going on in our world, these certain times should not be a surprise to us. They should not be a surprise to us. At least they shouldn't grip us and shake us so hard that we lose trust in Jesus or that we question, man, is God like, are you, what, what you doing up there, God? You know, what you doing with that, Terry? Like, God, like, what, what's going on in the world? And listen, the devil, that's what he wants. He wants everything. He wants every event. He wants you to react and respond to every event that's happening in the world and through the flesh. He, want, he wants us to, when people get, in our, get on our nerves, he wants you to respond to them with the flesh. When, when, when the bills are due and there's no money, he wants you to respond to that event with your flesh. When job is doing this or job is tripping or family is tripping, he wants, at the end of the day, his goal is to get you to respond with your flesh because if he can get you to respond with your flesh, you've placed the spirit side on the shelf. You've placed Jesus on the shelf. You've placed the fruit of the spirit on the shelf. You've placed the fruit, like we talked last week, that seed, that burning of the fields that causes that seed to sprout open. You've placed more dirt on top of it, you know, not allowing the fruit to come through. So let me close with this. Very quick today. But let me close with this. And the, the, the third thing that we are certain of as Jesus followers, we are certain that in all things, God is good. Amen. Simple as that. God is good. I remember when the Lord told me yesterday, Lindsay, these are certain times. And I'm like, okay, we're certain times. He said, these are certain times. And I said, what do you mean by certain times? These are the times that above all other things, I'm certain that my goodness will prevail. My goodness will prevail. And I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. And I love in Psalms 34, 8, if you have, a, if you have your Bible, you can turn over there. If not, I'm going to read it one more time. But in the Passion, and I, I love what the Passion says about it, the Passion translation. Psalm 34, 8. Let's pull it up. There it is. David said, drink deeply of the pleasures of this God. Experience for yourself the joyous mercies he gives to all who turn to hide themselves in him. Some translations, they say, oh, taste and see. I remember growing up, dad used to preach that, oh, taste and see. And as a kid, you know, because I didn't have the full contents of it, uh, you know, this is the, uh, j just let me, this is out of the notes, but let me give you an understanding of my mindset as a kid. I remember sitting in the, in the choir stand, and, and uh, I remember Granny being right here, and Mom being right there, and one of them, I can't remember which one, said, you know, God is coming back for his perfect church. And I remember sitting in that choir stand just crying. It's like I was sobbing. 
and we get in the little white Chrysler, mom, I'm still crying, and mom's like, oh, sweetie, did you experience God today? I'm like, no, I'm so upset, and she's like, what's wrong? I said, Grady said, God's coming back, it's perfect church. We, like, what are we going to do? Because we got leets over there, and people were late today, and, like, something didn't work. Like, we're not perfect. We're going to get left. You know? That was my mindset as a kid. So she had explained to me, no, sweetie. Like, those things matter, but they don't matter. And I'm like, well, huh? And she had to explain to me. That was a pow- very powerful lesson that she did, but it was to, uh, to get me to see that the, there's a difference between uh, things of this world and the things that are not things of this world and things that are not. And, and then, you know, fast forward to, to Pops preaching, oh, taste to see that the Lord is good. And I'm like, how do we, how do we take, as a kid, I'm like, how do you taste Jesus? Like, what's he taste like? You know, like if, if his favorite meal is, you know, two fish follow a bread, I don't like fish, I'm allergic to fish, how am I supposed to taste Jesus? Like, these are the things I think about as a kid. <laughs> yeah, man. But grow fast forward. Reading that scripture where it says, oh, taste and see. You know, a restaurant, their hope is that you taste their product. Why? Because they have so much faith in what they put on the plate uh-huh. that they know if you can taste it, you'll be hooked. Amen. Like when I went to that, that restaurant right before we left, all I had was a taste. Because before I'm looking on the outside, I'm like, oh, the outside looked kind of sus. The parking lot was a little sus. The, the skillet in the table, like, well, what's that? I got to cook my own food. But once I tasted it, once I tasted it, you know what happened when I tasted it? I called somebody that, I called my uncle and said, hey, he travels. I said, hey, if you're going to Orlando, you need to try this restaurant. Not only did I tell him to try, I gave him the address and I told him the right time to go. (laughs) Why? Because I tasted of something and found it good. We are certain as Jesus followers that at the end of the day, God's goodness will prevail. And if we have truly tasted it, we have no problem sharing it. We have no problem sharing it with people that we love and people that we don't. People that we know and people that we don't. Strangers or people that we know. At the end of the day, we are, we are certain. God is certain. God has given us this promise that his goodness shall prevail. Whether it's a mask or no mask. Whether it's racism or no racism. Whether it's, uh, whether it's people coming together or people not coming together. Whether it's the bills being paid or shortages in the store. At the end of the day, God's goodness prevails. God's goodness trumps it all. Why? Because before the foundations of the world, he saved us. He saved us. In fact, I love Romans 5 says that at the right time, he saved us. And see, I, I think about that because I always try to find the right time to join in uh, in playing with Kellen and Keenan. Why the, uh, why the right time? Because I know physically, I know that, okay, if I could catch the tail end of it, you know, I ain't got to do much. I don't have to hurt my back or my legs, all these different things. They could just climb on and, and we're done. But in order to do that, I have to listen to the whole conversation. I have to investigate the whole time that they're playing. I have to look at what they're playing, why they're doing this. I have to, and if I don't know it, I have to research it real quick. When Jesus, when Paul said that at the right time we were saved, that meant that God looked at your life, not just the grand scheme, not just the highlights, not just the sports center top 10, but he looked from start to end. Every hair is accounted for in his mind. Every, every millisecond, every nanosecond, and even the time measure that comes before nanosecond that is not known to man, he looked at that. We are certain that in all things, God is good. Psalm 34, 8, I want you to listen to this phrase. 
Drink deeply of the pleasures of this God. Drink deeply. Has anybody, has anybody ever, you ever worked so hard that you begin to sweat, you get super high, you're sweating, you're tired, and you go for a drink of water or a Gatorade? There's been times, especially when we lived down there, I'd be so hot and sweating that I had, you get the Gatorade and you're, you're gulping it. You're gulping the water down. He said, drink deeply. That's an example of drinking deeply. He said, he said gulp my goodness down. But listen, we, in the physical realm, we only drink deeply when we're hot or when we're famished. But listen, when it comes to Jesus, we don't need to just approach him in the bad times, but even in the good times, even in the calm times, even on the Fridays, not just the Mondays, but even on the Fridays, we need to drink deeply, consume deeply of the word of God, consume deeply into worship. We need to go further than we went last week, further than we went last year, because at the end of the day, I don't want my worship looking like it did last year. I don't want my scripture consumption looking like it did five years ago. Not because I want to say, hey, look at me or look at what I can do. No, because there is something deep in the presence of God that I need in order to get through these certain times. There are people wilding out and I need the peace of God. That surpasses all understanding. I need when people say sly remarks. I need I need what I receive deep in the will of God to to bubble out. That way I can say, Lord, take care of the flesh. Lord, take care of the flesh. Lord, why, why is he able to take care of flesh? Because I've reached deep into the well to pull out what he's. I mean, it's, it's not a coincidence that Jesus met the woman at the well. He could have met her in town. He could have met her anywhere, but he, he met her at a well. A well, somewhere where there's a deep reservoir. Symbolic of, you know what? When it comes to seeking Jesus, you got to go deep. Deeper than you went last week, deeper than you went last year, deeper than five years ago. Not because, not because we want to, we want to get earned badges of people to look at us, but because there is, there is so much to God that we have not tapped into. There's so much to God. I mean, He's 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 omni everything, <laughs> omni everything. But listen, in that verse, it said, "Drink deeply of the pleasures of God." Other translations, uh, "Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good." experiences joyous mercies for yourself listen david gives us the cheat code on how to unlock the level of certainty david just in that verse alone in psalms 34 8 he gives us the cheat code and when i say cheat code those that grew up playing games you know you have the cheat codes you'll be able to bypass certain bosses or certain levels um nowadays we call them hats hats on life but david gives us the cheat code the cheat code on how to unlock his level of certainty because he had a level of certainty. I mean, he's in the middle of uh, about to be killed, and he trusts and knows. So he does something, and in, in, in the end of it, he gets out of it by God's grace. But step number one, we have to drink deeply of the pleasures of God. Like I said, we have to go deeper than we've never been before in our worship and in our scripture consumption, in our relationship with God. Number two, we have to experience his joyous mercies for ourselves. We have to come to know God through our own experiences, not off somebody else's. See, I, I know some of y'all wouldn't agree, but I agree. All right. But if I'm going to lose weight, I can't lose weight vicariously living through Drea. Drea does all these shapes, these workouts. I mean, she be getting it. She be going in. And I'm like, whoo. I said, lose some for me, too. But at the end of the day, guess what? My weight's going to stay the same. Why? Because I'm not the one doing the work. I'm not the one experiencing it. She is. See, spiritually, we cannot live vicariously through others. 
I love listening to other pastors. I love listening to other TV ministers. But at the end of the day, their deep relationship with God, I can't live through that because I don't experience that. I didn't get to experience I have to experience Jesus for myself. My kids, I love them. And guess what? I've taught them certain things on how to pray. But at the end of the day, they can't, once they get older, they cannot live their spiritual life vicariously through me. My granny knows how to pray, but I can't live vicariously through her. What she experiences through God is for her. I can't be like, Granny, pray. Get, get, make, sure, make sure you go to that deepness for me and then expect, expect God to do what he did for her on me. No, David said we have to experience his joyous mercies, God's joyous mercies for ourselves. Step number three. This is the most simplest. It is the double entendre. I'll just say that. Step number three, hide yourself in him. It is, this is the simplest yet flesh-killing step of them all. Hide yourself in Jesus. Hide yourself in Jesus. David said, hide yourself in him. I think of, I think of the, the song where um, the, the, the psalmist says, you know, um, I just want to see your face. Hide me in the cleft of the rock. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. David, David said, if we are going to have this level of certainty, if we are going to be able to trust God and know that he's good in all things, then we have to be able to hide ourselves in Jesus. See, so, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I'm just going to go out there, but whenever you hang around Kellen and Keenan, not Cohen yet. Cohen's still developing his personality. But whenever you hang out with Kellen and Keenan, and whenever they turn up and get their full selves, you can tell two things, one or two things. Oh, that's Lindsay. Or, oh, that's Kelsey. Why? Because their personalities and characteristics are so hidden within their DNA. Woo! I'm going to let it marinate for a minute. Their personality and character are so hidden in who they came from that they don't do anything except the characteristics of who they came from. If we're going to hide ourselves in Jesus, we have to realize, okay, these things that I love to do, are they the same things that Jesus did? These type of conversations I love to have, are they the same type of conversations Jesus had? The same, the, 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 my attraction and my drawing to people is the same type of people that Jesus went after. Because if it's not, that means I'm doing the opposite of him. And I am apart from him and I'm not hiding myself in him. David said, hide yourself in him. Hide your, hide your speech in the, in the words of Jesus. To the point that people are like, man, why are you so loving? I'm loving because I'm hidden in Christ. Hide, 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 the, hide your giving in Jesus to the point that you give more abundantly that you're able to give. And, and people are like, man, why are, you, why are you going a thousand percent all the time? Why? Because I'm hidden in Christ who gave, who didn't consider his own life worth anything, gave his own life for me. Oh, man, why, why are you so loving or why are, you, why are you so positive or why are you not wanting to entertain the flesh? Because I'm hidden in Christ. I'm hidden in the cleft of the rock. I'm hidden under the shadow of his wings of the Almighty. And guess what? I reside with him. I have tasted and seen and found that he is good. And let me show you how good he is. See, early before service, I went up to Granny. I was like, guess what? We went to Grecians and we tasted its goodness. And I couldn't wait to tell her. See, on the physical room, when we taste something that's good, we share it. We in this room, we, you cannot tell me that there is not one time in your existence that you haven't tasted the Lord and found him to be good. Yeah. 
Guess what? He's good in all things in every ounce of your life, every moment of your life. That is the meal that we share to people. Listen, we are not living in crazy times. We are living in certain times. I am certain that God's goodness shall prevail through everything. It is hard. I'm not saying it's going to be an easy pill to swallow. I'm not going to say it's going to come with sugar and, and marshmallows on it. I'm not saying life is going to give you that. But at the end of the day, whatever life throws, we are certain. We've been given this promise that God's goodness will prevail. God's goodness will prevail. Like the song says, all my life you have been faithful. And guess what? You know what the great thing about that phrase is? His faithfulness was gone way before your life. So that means his faithfulness, think of it as a train that doesn't stop. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, your, your life, the moment you're born, you just instantly boarded that train. That faithfulness, it's going to continue to go. His goodness is going to continue to go. His loyalty is going to continue to go. His love, his forgiveness, his kindness, it's going to continue to go. Our lives, we're just hopping on board into that train. I am certain that in all things, his goodness will prevail. Listen, when we watch the news, when we go to the store, when we're reminded of everything that's going on in this world, we have to also remind ourselves, these aren't crazy times. No, 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 these are certain times. These are certain times. When I went yesterday to the store and I seen certain people a mask or no people a mask and seen people fighting, I'm like, people arguing, I'm like, these aren't crazy, these are certain times. Man, they're still out of this one product. These, these aren't crazy times. These are certain times. God, I'm certain. I know. I know. I know. I know. You've promised me that your goodness will prevail. I, don't, I can't see it. I can't taste it. I can't feel it. I can't smell it. I can't sense it. But I know because you have placed value in your word. And if you're lying, then guess what? All this will pass away. And last time I checked, we're still here. So you know what that means? We're guaranteed it's going to happen. You are guaranteed it's going to happen. You are guaranteed it's going to happen. And when you walk out these doors, something's going to happen to where the devil is going to try to see. I told you, I look at this. Where is he at now? Where, where is God at now? Where is his goodness at? No, 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 no. I still have oxygen in my body. His goodness will prevail. Amen. He promised me. I may not see it today. It may be next week or next year, but he promised me his goodness will prevail. Yes, and guess what? There is no promise that God has made and not carried out. There's no promise. There's no promise. If he will put his own son to the cross, there is no promise that he's made to you that he will not fulfill. Amen. Question is, are we going to turn on the faucet and let him flow through our lives? Are you going to turn on the faucet and let him flow through your lives? Are you going to do it, especially when you go to work tomorrow, especially when we leave here and see and we're reminded of bills, reminded of money, reminded of things that need to be fixed, reminded of the aches and, pain, and pains in our body. Are we going to turn on the faucet or are we just going to, you know what, I, I think I can handle this today. God, I got, God, you got tomorrow. And we turn the faucet off. You know what, God, oh man, Lord, I don't want you to have to deal with this situation here. Just. Just you, here, I'm going to put you on a slow drip. But I got, let me, I got it. Lord, you know, I'm, Lord, I'm going to call Roto-Rooter. I, I, I know your word says this, but like, I, I can see them. I can smell them. I can, ta- I, can I, I see it. So I'm going to do it. That's right. Forgive us, God. Because there are so many times. I mean, he, you know what he loves to do? He loves to make a way out of no way. He loves to do that. Me, I, I don't like to make ways out of no ways. That's stressful. If, if, does anybody like to make ways out of no ways? If, if, you, if you do, you're going to put those hands up. 
you know, I, I, don't, I don't want Kellen and Keenan to come up to me like, Daddy, can we have a million dollars? We need it tomorrow. And I'm like, I don't know where you're going yet. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like having to make ways out of no ways, but God loves it. Amen. He loves it. He thrives in it. It's what he does. You know, my favorite player shoots the three from the logo. It's just what he does. Steph Curry is blessed with it. And guess what? It's nothing for God to make a way out of nowhere. He doesn't, he doesn't sweat. He doesn't, he doesn't use a tenth of energy. But that's just who he is and what he does. At the end of the day, we're not living in crazy times. We're living in certain times. It's in, God's goodness is inevitable. It is known and proven to be true. His goodness is inevitable. The pulse of this world will grow worse. That's inevitable. That's going to happen. But as it grows worse, don't let your characteristics, don't let your mindset, don't let the speech that comes out of you, don't let the things that you put, don't, the things that you put your hands to, don't let, those, don't let those grow worse with it, but let them get better. My mentor told me, he said, hey, you got to move from bitterness to better. Betterness. I know betterness isn't even a word. But we had to move from bitterness to betterness. And you know what the difference between bitter and better? Just a letter. Just a letter. Just, just one flip of the letter. And E comes before I, correct? Amen. I before you said the, or is it I before you? I, that's what I thought. All right, so see, so I was looking at me weird. But in alphabet, in the alphabet, E comes before I. So watch this. In order to go better I have to go back I have to go back to my first love I have to go back to what he did I have to remind myself of all the different times that he's made away in order to flip that letter in order to because a lot of times when we get ahead of ourselves we try to make the way happen I speak it to myself but when we get ahead of ourselves when we jump a few letters that E turns to that I and we get bitter because everything else hasn't caught up to what we're trying to do but when we get better it's when we Rest. It's when we stop trying to improve what God has already finished. We're not living in crazy times. We're living in certain times. And if you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, then you will have no problem sharing what he's done. Not so we can get people to come to church, but so we can advance God's kingdom. Because we said before that if God's kingdom advances the church, a full church is the byproduct. If a restaurant makes good food, full restaurant is the byproduct. As Cooper's Grove, if we pursue God on our own selves, if we become so obsessed with who he is making, who he's allowing us to become, then more people will come. Amen.